Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast pottering around the Cordish Pixies of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who also didn't ask for Gilderoy Lockhart's advice. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, BJ and Spencer. How y'all doing? Doing fine, Sarah. I'm doing quite well. And don't worry, the uh, signed picture of me is in the mail, and you guys will be receiving it soon, as you're requested. <laughs> is it in the owl post? Oh, it is. Don't worry. It it moves. You know, it's a gif. Okay. Oh. You didn't send it with Errol this time, right? Because, you know, the level of reliability in that kind of delivery is going downhill lately. Oh, a cross-country run. That is not going to go well. <laughs> not at all. He, he's barely made it across country in, in the UK, which is... Uh, yeah. God, they need to put that poor owl out to pasture. It's just, you're reaching a level of abuse when you know that he can't make the trip and you keep sending him. And people keep sitting on him. Oh. <laughs> so we have some segments that we do here. We have a very fast rapid fire recap. And then we have uh, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, which is what I'm calling your segment now because it I doesn't like it. <laughs> seem to have a real theme anymore. Um, <laughs> Then we have newbies notes from Spencer. I award house points, and then you have questions for me that um, are answered fully and without any gaping holes in the logic of said answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, all, right. all right. Are we ready for the recap of chapter six, I believe? Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, though I'm going to need an estimate from you because this is an oddly mixed bag of a chapter. There's a lot of different scenes that happen here. Yeah, so I have, I am, I, I still think I can do it in two minutes, but I am rushing okay. over some stuff. Um, just kind of say, just kind of repeat the name Lockhart like four times and you'll summarize most of the scenes pretty well. He's kind of the through current. I feel like if I did a control F in my notes right now, it would be <laughs> <laughs> mostly highlighted. All right, the, time, the timer is ready. Best of luck. Excellent. So Harry and Ron are going downhill from their triumphant entrance on a, in a flying car pretty quickly here. Hermione is still pretty pissed at them, and Ron gets a howler, which screams its echoey disappointment at him for the whole great hall to hear. New schedules are distributed, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione head off for Herbology. Professor Sprout is coming back from mending the Whomping Willow, and Lockhart is offering all sorts of unsolicited and ill-advised advice about the process. Uh, he also pulls Harry aside to suggest that the flying car arrival was brought on by the taste of fame that Harry got meeting him at Flourish and Blots. And while he really does understand, Harry doesn't need to rush into that glory. Harry dumbfounded goes to Herbology, where they are repotting mandrakes, which are roots with restorative powers that kill you if you hear their cry, which can happen because they look and move about a little like potato-y babies. So they snap on some earmuffs and struggle through the lesson. Harry, Ron, and Hermione end up working at a table with a Hufflepuff named Justin Finch Fletchley. Covered in dirt, they head to Transfiguration, where we find out exactly what snapping your wand in a flying car flailing tree wreck will do. Ron's wand is a disaster. And that's just the morning. After lunch, they meet a very eager first year named Colin Creevy, who worships Harry, which leads to a very weak joke about signed photos, which Malfoy hears and then Lockhart hears. Lockhart pontificates to Harry about the dangers of being big-headed while they walk up to class, where he introduces himself with a host of nonsense titles and then gives them a pop quiz about his books, which Hermione aces, disgusting Ron and Harry. 
Lesson one in Lockhart's classes, Cornish Pixies. Lockhart claims to know how to deal with them, lets out a whole cage of them, chaos ensues, Lockhart's spell doesn't work, everyone flees, our trio is left to clean up and wonder about Lockhart's competence. Minute 50 on the nose, bravo. You've turned this into a rock. So I think that's uh, the salient points of this <laughs> chapter. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a lot of scenes. But they all go by pretty quickly. This is a relatively short chapter. It, it was actually a relatively short chapter, which was which was good when I remembered what exactly happens in the chapter. Um, so, BJ, what do you have for us today? Um, I I actually you just brought up a memory of mine. Um, this is I guess separate from my segment where a bio, my bio one hundred one or whatever something like that uh, professor did class points by like randomly sharing facts about her life during lectures and that would be like a question on the exam oh my god you had gilderoy lockhart as a professor um i after the first exam or maybe before that i stopped going to her class because you could get close to a hundred percent by just reading the book and she would just go off on on random tangents like insisting that fish markets have uh mercury warnings and i just couldn't deal but yeah i did have a gilderoy lockhart light for for biology wow but you couldn't get that 112 percent that hermione strives for no i i I didn't i'm i'm a little impressed with her not that much though um so the the thing that that i guess really amused me um there there there's some amusing uh alliteration as there as uh gilderoy lockhart seems to be a little bit more enchanted with it than jk (laughs) rowling um but the titles that gilderoy lockhart has and and or has given himself is is just glorious if Um, i had had more time in my recap i would have gone through all of them so bj can you do so please (laughs) gilderoy lockhart order of merlin third class honorary member of dark force defense league and five-time winner of Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award. Which he, which he references that one like three times, so he's clearly very proud of that I think one. he is most proud of that one, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, so the the other thing that I find very funny is a charming smile means something very different in the uh, wizarding world. I suppose I assume. that's true, yeah. Um, but also, honorary member of the Dark Force Defense League sounds so much like... Space Force and and some of our current um, presidential sayings that that Gilderoy Lockhart is essentially a young Trump um, and and is about as skillful. Well, it also and I I suppose this this goes for both of these things. Um, but it sounds like something you would put a certain number of like cereal box codes in an envelope and send off to get your badge that you are the honorary member of the xyz league oh yes and and they they have decoder rings that are whatever the the wizarding world equivalent of plastic is um Mm -hmm. so the other thing that i thought was very funny and um spencer i'm not sorry but i'm gonna say that i am because because this is gonna bother you um Mm. so there's ogden's old fire whiskey and 
being that that we have a uh, whiskey podcast that we actually uh, recorded not too long ago, I thought I'd you know look it up, see what it is. You can buy things on Etsy, which kind of look like someone took a uh, Jack Daniel's bottle and remade it into <laughs> a wizarding thing. But there is a recipe that they have for Harry Potter fire whiskey. Oh my god! It is whiskey, cinnamon mm-hmm. sticks, brown sugar, oh, and Tabasco sauce. I'm done. Oh, I am seeing a recipe where you just stick red hots in whiskey. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and and Spencer, I feel like you know this might have to be a a uh, a drink that that we all enjoy. I will put in quotes. Um, <laughs> You're inflicting this on yourself too. Come on. I will yeah. say that we learn later in the series that there is a type of dragon called a Chinese fireball. <laughs> Uh, I okay. The series has it all. <laughs> <laughs> all oh, right, man. Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. <laughs> what what newbies notes that. do you have? A uh, few bits of newbies notes. What, one just to confirm: Voyages with Vampires is one of Gilderoy Lockhart's books, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually did okay. go back and check because I was just like, I don't remember all of these, and and they're they all were referenced before. There were like seven of them. I, I did not remember that until like the end of the chapter, and so. In every scene, uh, Hermione's referenced with this book, and I just kind of brought it in my head that she was reading the, equi- the wizarding equivalent of Twilight throughout this chapter <laughs> until I went back and, the- no, 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 she's preparing for class. Okay, well, okay, now I understand. It probably and- still is <laughs> essentially the wizarding version of Twilight. It a just happens to be class assigned. Yeah. Yeah. Given the fact that she is outlining all of Lockhart's classes on her schedule with little hearts. Yeah, there's a mix of emotions that are going into this. <laughs> there might be some Hermione Lockhart, you know, in some corners and things like that. We're just not going to address that yet. But I'm sure if if uh, Gilderoy Lockhart saw it, he would give her some extra points on exam. Okay, well, on that fanfiction route, let's go on back to this. Yeah, Spencer, uh, bring us back. <laughs> uh, I've said it before and said it again. Errol needs to be retired for the sake of all humanity. <laughs> Everyone knows this owl is on his last legs. Everyone knows that this owl is barely capable of flying across the room without suffering a tiny heart attack. I think it'd be last wings at this point. Thank you. Sure. Yes, that too. The fact that they're continually sending this this owl on what we saw in a car is a multi-hour journey across the whole of the of the, of the of Great Britain to drop off packages is just cruel. It needs to stop. He has to fly back home from here too, and I'm not certain he's going to make it. Nor are they. They're continually debating whether he's going to survive any trip they send him on, and they still put him right in the mail. <laughs> I like that. I like the imagining that 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 they're just like posting the owl because he doesn't really work anymore. So it's just like shove him through the slot. Yeah. No, no, no. They're totally certain he can't fly anymore, but they have no other concept of how to send mail, so they just put him in a FedEx box, and away he goes. Okay, so that needs to stop because it's making me feel sad for imaginary animals. Although so, I am, I am, I, I don't, and now I'm trying to remember, Spencer, I think that if this is a spoiler, this is a very minor spoiler, I don't know that we ever see Errol die. I was very much afraid to say, I was very much afraid you were going to say, I don't know if we ever see Errol again. No, we like definitely see Errol again. We, we absolutely see Errol again. Um, okay. But so, I, to the best of my knowledge, he is still flapping around out there. <laughs> I, okay. I do have a quick follow-up question, um, which I, I, I should save, but I might forget it. Um, is there 
essentially owl space like do do are our owls just like semi-normal owls or is it not because i assume if there were just like flocks and flocks of owls going in and out of a school some muggles mm-hmm. might notice and so do they just kind of yeah. like disappear into their own like space-time continuum and then like reappear shortly outside of wherever they're going i we, we i did ass- this before yeah i assume that like the the protective spells around hogwarts when an owl like they're far enough out that mm-hmm. when an owl flies into them um, that you, it wouldn't be like a whole flock of owls flying into them. They all come in from different, different places. Um, and then there is, I don't know if we see it in this book or not, but we do see relatively soon that there is in Hogwarts, an owlery where all of the owls are kept. Hmm. All right. Well, continuing on through my notes, uh, a howler is the most perfect form of motivation I could ever imagine for myself mm-hmm. that, so much of how I structure my life is on avoidance of public shame. So the threat of receiving one of those would compel me to do a lot of things. And clearly it's effective here. And it, it factors into a couple things that really... Part of the reason I really like this chapter is that it helped me like the last chapter more. So there were a few things that frustrated okay. me that there weren't more repercussions for them. In terms of the mess of dumb things that they did. Whereas this chapter is built around, no, 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 there's flack. They're going to catch something as a result of this. The first thing being the howler and the referenced inquiry at work. Now, I presume from what we heard in the department that Ron's dad is basically going to be tasked with investigating himself, kind of like he predicted, but it's still an official note in his record that I'm clear, clearly they don't want. And so I'm kind of with Hermione here of where she starts out the chapter pre- in the last chapter too pretty sullen with him that they're kind of getting away with all the bad things they've done and then just starts acting perfectly normal once repercussions start to happen. It's like, yep, they've been punished enough. I'm okay with them now. <laughs> Hermione has a very strong sense of justice. Oh, yes. The world must be made right. Scales <laughs> have been balanced. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now that the scales have been balanced, we're great. Now, the next time something happens, we've got to put it back into balance. But for right now, we're good. Uh... The interactions between Lockhart and Harry are just delightful because this is a man who I think in his head is legitimately trying to help another person with, you know, his perspective on the world. He sees a a young man on a similar path to himself and wants to help out this young traveler. But it's just this wonderful mix of like 95% self-absorption that's informing it all. It's like, clearly you were just trying to copy me, but you know, I'm flattered, I'm flattered, but let me explain why that's going to go wrong, because you could never process that yourself. There's so many questions I have about Lockhart from these scenes of where, we'll get into it in the grilling Sarah, but I'm going to, I want to know what the hiring and recruiting practices are at Hogwarts that got this guy a job, because I'm not seeing the qualifications for it yet, from what we've seen so far of the man. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, somebody has similar reactions to uh, Ron's mother, and that's how he got hired. Mm. I don't. We we don't see an HR department at uh, at Hogwarts. I mean, McGonagall seems to be enamored of pretty much everybody walking. So that that is like one scene. Weirdly fair, but. I will say that we do see other scenes where Dumbledore is the sole decision maker. Although, to be fair, there have been revelations from one J.K. Rowling that now that might make sense. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so oh, in see, the same thread. See, BJ, I got, to, I got to do the thing you do. This is very I, exciting. I, I, <laughs> all, right, 
All right, I'm, I'm lost. I'm going to return to the thing I understand. It's um, uh, so <laughs> it's not really a spoiler for the book. It's just a spoiler for the world that J.K. Rowling created. Um, at some point, was it in a tweet? I don't remember. Um, it might have been Rowling, on the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It, it, I don't remember. It, she basically came out and said, oh, and by the way, uh, Albus Dumbledore is gay. Just so you guys know. All right, bye. Wait, was th- was this something that was, you know, developed and substantiated in the text, or was this just kind of one of those annoying post-book author send-offs of where totally this is what I intended, despite not writing it in? There, there are things in the text that would support it, but I would not say that it was. I mean, he, we we know he's a snazzy dresser, but that's stereotyping, right? Sure. There. Um, we do get we get some backstory later that might suggest that 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 would at least allow it as a possibility. Yeah, fair enough. Spencer, any more notes for the from the newbie? Uh, yeah, a couple more things. Uh, if Hermione doesn't win uh, the doesn't win this episode, given the sheer point machine that she is, I will riot because she got I think thirty points before the first day was done, <laughs> and she got recognized by Gilderoy Lockhart. So it's definitely a win in her book. And she got oh, to be yeah, uh, mad at Ron and Harry for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's really all coming up Hermione this episode. She got everything that she wanted. She got retribution on her friends. She got points. She got recognition of her brilliance. And the guy she may have a crush on kind of acknowledged her as being incredible. And she got to oh, stay after, gl- after class to help out the teacher. And be the only one oh, who yeah. could do so, including the teacher. Yeah, that's true. She uses that little paral- uh, paralysis spell to... Um, what, what are those pixie things called again? The Cornish pixies. Cornish pixies. Well, oh, damn, don't damn corns. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Another thing that kind of struck me last point. Uh, like, I got two things. Uh, mandrakes are freaking terrifying. Like, <laughs> I, I knew from the from the cover image that I was going to be uncomfortable with some aspects of this chapter. But now to also find out that if you hear their cry, you die. This is a plant. What do they do if like an area where they're located floods and they're just exposed to the world? Does just everyone in the surrounding area die before authorities make it on the scene? The Wizarding World is terrifying. The more <laughs> we find out, the more the risk of imminent death is just something they live with at all times. I can see why these people are so flippant about the risks of everything they go about normally. It's just because they just probably die in droves on any given Tuesday. I mean, it's kind of like living near volcanoes. Sure. I suppose. Sure. And uh, I, I wonder if mandrake cries are lethal to muggles. That is an interesting question. I don't, I don't, I don't think we can answer that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we may not be able to hear just, them given I've gone through my entire know. life without experiencing them. Well, to be fair, I mean, like, you can only experience, um, at least in the wild, you can only experience Venus flytraps in North Carolina. This is true. So maybe they're very localized unless they are in said greenhouse. I, I just have to imagine how many people had to die before they were able to successfully write down that Totally, they will kill you if you unearth them. <laughs> that seems like that one involved all multi-generations of death before someone successfully got that written down in time. I also feel like uh, earmuffs were a relatively recent invention in the world, so... Well, well the, these are some impressive noise cancellation uh, earmuffs. This <laughs> is something that Bose aspires to for I these. I was going to say that... I wouldn't say earmuffs in, in specific, but, like, uh, plugging one's ears in general is impressively old, so... Sure, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, but you can totally still hear things. But 
Apparently, there's a there's a diminished level of effect when they're young. Maybe if you only hear them muffled, you say just an arm falls off or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a magic that, that way you don't crash your ship into the island. And uh, yes, yes, Odysseus. Uh, it's also interesting too that the, the apparently the wisdom world is built on homeopathy principles. That <laughs> this is an incredibly dangerous thing. That because it's an incredibly dangerous thing, it therefore has healing properties. Partly, part, maybe because it's an incredibly dangerous thing. That kind of homeopathy principles there, so long as they also massively dilute it with water. Uh, last point for me: this chapter really emphasized how many Muggle-born wizards there are at Hogwarts. I mean, we've known with you know Harry and Hermione, but seemingly like we've mostly been seeing a lot of people that are in the wizarding world and live there. But we meet, I think, two different uh, young students as well that are. As baffled as Harry is by the world that they're in and what's going on. We hear that one was going to go to Eton uh, instead got trucked to Hogwarts instead. We hear another one that uh, he's trying to send pictures back to his dad because his dad's like a milkman. He can't believe any of this is happening. It's interesting to see there's this level of involvement between the two because I hadn't really expected that. I kind of viewed those that came from the muggle world as being the exception rather than maybe a substantial portion of what the student base is. I mean, it might be like 5%. That wouldn't be that substantial. if it's 5%, we're focusing on them because they were the focus. There, there was a lot of talking with, with with a muggle. Is the term for a wizard who's from the muggle world just a muggle? I mean, a muggle, is, muggle-born. Muggle-born works? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it, that, of our side characters that we got this chapter, all of the new ones were muggle-born wizards in terms of the students. Seem, if they are a minority, then we're just getting a, a, a degree of overemphasis upon them so far, which, if that's the case... Maybe that's going to be relevant going forward, but I, I kind of interpret this to be that the stance by those who are of wizard blood is just pure elitism rather than a recognition of what really is the nature of their world. And there's a not insignificant number of students at Hogwarts who ha- are what Seamus Finnegan would call half and half, um, but one parent a muggle and one parent a witcher wiz- wizard. And so where to actually categorize them, I'm not exactly sure. So the other... I guess I have a question here uh, because most of the people, as we discussed on a previous podcast, are sort of descended from like a couple of families. Mm-hmm. Um, is this kind of like the demigods and Zeus, where probably at some point back in the day there was a lot of um, spreading of of wizarding genes amongst <laughs> the Muggles, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. you know it's just cropping up a little bit more. Maybe we honestly have no idea. Okay. That that is actually a question that is not answered. I can't imagine that that was <laughs> written about in the main text, but I imagine that there are a lot of fan fictions that might cover I, well, that yeah, specific yeah. question. Uh, theories abound, I would I would imagine, but <laughs> from the main text, like it's we don't know. Gotcha. Um, right. So, is it house I'm- points time? It is. I think it's house points time. Okay. So, uh, winners and losers. Um, we are back in Hogwarts, so I suppose, Spencer, to your point, we should actually take into account real house points in terms of winners and losers. <laughs> Although it is going to be a sort of hybrid system on who is achieving their main goals as stated in the chapter right. or not. And so I do think you're right. Hermione had a very good chapter. Uh, there was there was nothing killing her vibe in this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was all coming up Hermione throughout the entire time. Yes. Every success that she could have wanted. Just, it's a straight up road to success. <laughs> the only person that I would put up with her is 
I think Gilderoy Lockhart had a very good chapter. Mm, yeah. He did exactly <laughs> what he wanted to do. <laughs> Aggrandize himself. <laughs> Every possible turn. Except maybe with the pixies at the end. That was a bit of a... He seemed a little it, flustered by that it, whole thing. He took care of it very quickly by walking out and being like, you guys take care of it. You, he you can know, delegate. It the, yeah, it's the measure of a good leader to know when to <laughs> delegate. He had other things to worry about. Um, but I do think you're right. I think Hermione is the clear winner here. Uh, I think we have two candidates for losers. Uh, Harry and Ron had bad days. Very bad. Very bad. <laughs> they, they had they had very bad days. And I'm a little, I would like some input on how to allocate the demerits here. I don't know. The, the loss of house points. Because Ron Howler, bad. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Ron lost this chapter. <laughs> uh, Ron, yeah. with the Howler and the effects of the wand, we figure out what happens with his wand, and it's yeah. not great. Uh, and it's unclear how you would be a student at Hogwarts with a wand that doesn't work. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions, actually. They have little blue pills for it. It's fine. <laughs> no, they, they've got Spellotape. Spellotape. <laughs> Um, That's totally not solo tape. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, Ron, Ron lost this chapter. Although one does have to feel for Harry with his interactions with Lockhart that just won't stop. I mean, it's it's annoying for Harry, but it's not bad for him necessarily. No. It even could be useful that he's got Lockhart apparently viewing him as a young protege. It could, sure. <laughs> And he also found out he's got a fan club of at least two people. So, yay. Yeah, that's that's good, I suppose. Um, it, it's not at all what he wants, <laughs> but you know, it's not a, a bad thing. thing. It doesn't make you a, it doesn't make you the loser of a chapter. <laughs> Appar- apparently, he also learned that his uh, close friend, I'll say best friend. He's got two best friends. Ron is apparently totally okay with his sister being part of that fan club, which is an interesting thing to reveal to a, to a friend. Yeah. Um. All right, so Gilderoy Lockhart, sorry, Hermione, winner, Ron, loser. What questions do we have? Uh, should we start with Ron's wand? <laughs> um, doesn't, no. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, can a, can a student attend Hogwarts with that non-functioning device? I mean, it seems like it's a necessary... God, this all sound dirty. It seems like it's a necessary tool in terms of going to the school. Uh, it was a key part of what Harry needed to get before he'd even be allowed to attend. And as we've seen, Ron's is broken in half and does not work in any way whatsoever. Can a student continue to operate with that kind of malfunctioning technology? So not very well, I think is the answer. Um, I do think that the... So this issue comes up a couple of times throughout this book because Ron's wand is broken. There's... The spellotape is not helping a whole bunch. Um, but, you know, I think what we what we do learn over the course of this book is that a lot of Hogwarts, not unlike other educational opportunities that one might have, uh, is very, in certain classes, is very focused on theory. Mm-hmm. And so you can write your papers, which is what you maybe half of the time are graded on without it being a problem. And then you have classes like herbology where like you actually don't need a wand necessarily because you were dealing with just sort of magical plants um, and there is no like spell work involved in it. So I don't know. It's not great. I'm surprised they don't have loners. 
Yeah. Oh, like a, a university uh, laptop. Yeah, that has system. like pink polka dots on it. So like you wouldn't be caught dead without it. But if you need one. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a difficult sort of thing because like Ron shouldn't even have this particular wand to begin with. Right. With with the whole the wand picks the wizard kind of thing, it's yeah. not like you can just pick up a friend's to borrow it for a class. It doesn't seem like it works that way. Well, you 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 can make a wand work. It's just, just not, not well. gonna happen as well as it could. Yeah. Can we stop talking about wands now? This has gotten very strange. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BJ, you got a question? Um, I do. So, um, I'm surprised that I didn't notice this before. And maybe we talked about it before, and I just don't remember. Um, but so Harry's familiar. Like every every wizard sort of gets a familiar, and some of them are letter carriers, and some of them aren't. And that seems like a, a problem if the familiar has any use other than just hanging around. So I would say that not every witcher wizard has an animal. Okay. We see a lot. We see a lot who don't. Like Hermione doesn't. Gotcha. True, hadn't thought about that. Um, I mean, Ron has his rat, um, and Harry has Hedwig, <laughs> but like Fred and George don't. Um, hmm. uh, Neville's got that, was it a toad? Neville's right? got a toad, yeah. but yeah, I would say... I just vaguely I guess we don't really see this, yeah. From the beginning, that it was just like, everybody sort of gets a, a familiar, and you have the choice of like... You could get an owl, a toad, a rat, and there were like a couple of choices. I just, I guess I assumed that we just didn't see the familiars of the other characters rather than they didn't have one. No, it's that you can bring them with you. Not that they are necessarily like a part of your magicness. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's the familiars that are usually the ones that are delivering the mail. It's like it's, it's the more generic owl post that's making that happen. Right. It's just, I guess that. But I thought like Hedwig was doing double duty. I guess. Yeah. So Hedwig does the mail, but then there are also just like school owls that you can use to send letters if you want to. So why is Harry sending out essentially a friend to deliver mail when he doesn't? Ha- well, it's Harry. He does dumb things. Never mind. He does dumb things. Also, like everything that we know, and like I realize this is not an actual answer, but like owls like delivering mail. <laughs> it's fine. They like it. That <laughs> justifies everything. It's why Errol keeps going. The, the rats really <laughs> like being snuff boxes. It's perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Or beetles like being, what was it? What, what, what did they turn the beetles into this episode? Oh, yeah. What were those? Like jewelry cases or something? It was something like. It was something she was wearing, I thought. Like it was a pendant. Yeah, that might be true. Like a little scarab beetle pendants. <laughs> um. All right, well, returning to another question from me, uh, the HR department at Hogwarts, how did Lockhart get this job? Do we have any idea who vets these professors? It seems like the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor is just going to continue to be a problem going forward if this is the standards that we have from two books in. Um, as far as... <laughs> yeah. As far as we know, Dumbledore does all of the hiring and firing. And he's just such a troll that there's no clear guideline that really goes into what he decides. Yeah, although what we do know, and we might have talked about this a little bit with Quirrell in the last book, but um, what we do know about the Defense Against the Dark Arts position specifically is that it seems to have a little bit of a curse on it, and people don't stick around for long, and there has been increasing difficulty in recruiting for that position. (laughs) 
Remind me, maybe we discussed it, maybe we said it, but didn't we hear at some point that Snape wants that job? Yes, he does. He very desperately wants that job. Um, And he is unhappy with anyone else having that job, really. But he he does not like Lockhart, as we will find out. Well, he may be somewhat, I I hate to say anything about Snape is justified, but I think his disdain may be perfectly justified from what we saw in this chapter. Not only does he seem like a bit of a a self-absorbed buffoon, he also seems like he can't really do the job. Yeah. And it's not even the sort of, like, college, particularly sort of science or math professor who, like, knows the subject matter and just doesn't know how to teach. Mm -hmm. We have no indication that he has any idea what he's doing. I mean, maybe no. Lily Potter had a crush on Lockhart, so that made it even uh, tougher for him. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's also interesting, too, that if you know that you don't actually have the skills to do to do this kind of thing, normally speaking, you wouldn't put yourself in a situation where you have no choice but to use them. I mean, like there are those who can, and then there are those who teach. I mean... Yes, and normally I would expect those who teach not to release Cornish pixies into the room to inevitably lead to someone looking at you to cast the spell to put them back in the cage. That, that is kind of just flashing your ass when it comes to showing <laughs> lack of magical ability. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's an expression? Come on. Well, it's not one I've ever heard before, Spencer. <laughs> All right, well, teaching you something today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, other questions? It's uh, actually kind of all I got. It was a pretty straightforward chapter. Enjoyable fun getting back into the groove at Hogwarts. What about you, BJ? I I have a I have a question for Spencer. Where did you get that phrase? <laughs> uh, like most of my language, probably from my parents. That's interesting, because the internet doesn't have that as a phrase <laughs> and comes up with porn very quickly. So <laughs> I mm. safe search only. Safe search only. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, I think if our listeners would like to confirm whether that's a phrase, feel free to leave a comment at the end of this video. <laughs> Don't leave a comment on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. so what's our chapter for next week? Uh, chapter seven. Back Thank you. <laughs> um, but you have a book, isn't it easier? Um, Mudbloods and Murmurs. Perfect. Um, interesting. And it it it's a very interesting uh, picture. Somebody looks a little bit embarrassed and maybe drunk looking at a cauldron of worms. All right. Do, do we know the word mudblood yet? Is that, is, is, that a, is that a thing we know? No, we don't know that yet. It doesn't sound polite. It's not. All right. We'll find out. All right. This was fun, y'all. Till next time.